Hey gang, I am Stephanie Goss, and this is another episode of the Uncharted Podcast. This week on the podcast, Andy and I are tackling a letter from the mailbag, and I won't go into it too much here because we're going to set it up in the episode for in just a second, but you're going to want to put your Headspace hat on for this one and your manager legal hat on because we are tackling the topic of what do we do when we're planning a fun event for the team, and now we have team members who are saying... I'm not coming if I'm not getting paid. How do you think you'd handle it? Let's get into this. And now, the Uncharted Podcast. And we are back. It's me, Dr. Andy Rourke and Stephanie. I get paid to do the wild thing, Goss. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know about that one. And by wild thing, I mean team retreat. (laughs) I mean, I guess that could be a wild thing. How's it going? I mean, I don't know. Trust fall. Um, <laughs> top golf. It's pretty wild in my world. Oh, the trust You're talking fall. to a guy that goes to bed at 930. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I went the, to a nine-year-old's birthday party. It blew my mind. Uh, haven't, haven't been out much lately, right? No, <laughs> that's true. The bar is real, real low right now. You can overwhelm me socially pretty easily these days. Yeah, true story. <laughs> true story. How's it going? It's um, it's crazy time, but it's good. Uh, yeah. We are in full swing summer now, getting kids ready for uh, summer camp. My youngest daughter is 10, uh, so she's going to sleepaway camp. And uh, she... <laughs> so first of all, we're supposed to be taking their temperature every day right. for like 10 days. And of course, like five days before camp, we were like, oh, crap. And we so, forgot. So we're, so we're doing it. We're doing it BID instead of SID to get the whole uh, course in. Um, so so we're, oh my gosh, we're frantically taking. Well, my wife is a rule follower to a point, And she's of like, course. we've got to get 10 readings. And I'm like, okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so we're just double dosing the thermometer. That's and, fantastic. Uh, and then Hannah had to get, um, she had to get a COVID test before mm-hmm. she could go. Yep. And at, I think she saw on the internet some grown up getting COVID tested where they, you know, they take the 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 CTA, the Q-tip, uh-huh. and, and they stick it all the way up to your brain. Yes. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yes. Um, and she has been dreading this for like a month she's just like they're it's gonna hurt and they're gonna stick it all the way well for kids it's different and they just like lightly swab the outside of her nose and she was so so relieved so relieved (laughs) so she was just like oh yeah my kid had his first uh his first covid uh test as well recently because he was having uh, gonna have some dental stuff done and they had to get a COVID test ahead of time. And it was really, it was a, one of those like hallmark parenting moments because he came home. I said, how, how was your COVID test, bud? And he was like, it was great. He's like, it didn't feel any different than sticking my finger up my nose. <laughs> That's it. When they, when Allison came home and she was like, well, you know, they just go this deep. And I'm like, Hannah, your finger goes deeper than that. That's exactly exactly what we had told Jackson. (laughs) That's so funny. He's like, they're going to touch my brain with the Q-tip. I'm like, no, they're not. I was like, bud, you stick your finger way up there. It's totally fine. But it was one of those like parenting (laughs) moments where you're just like, yes. (laughs) I know. I I'm reminded constantly that that the, that there is no test I had to pass to be a parent. Like I'm just like I am not qualified for this job at all. But here we are. Oh, God. Um, yeah, true story. Hannah was like, I pr- I promised her a Gatorade <laughs> because she was saying, you know, you bribe your kids, like I'll oh, give yeah. you a Gatorade. And so afterwards, she's like, I get a Gatorade. And I was like, that's not enough Q-tip for a Gatorade. Uh, <laughs> I bought her a Gatorade, but I I made her I made I made her argue about it first. Uh, That's fantastic. I love that kid. She's so. Oh funny. man, God, they're, yeah, they're they're great. They're super fun. Oh, buddy. Well, we've got um. So speaking of uh camps and yeah. fun, um. First of all, let me just say, as we're recording this podcast, um, we launched our What's on My Scrubs card game over on drandyrourke.com yes. um, literally one hour ago, and we've sold like 50 of them. Yeah. Um, I 
I th- I hope people would would like a team building card game, like yep. something fun that you could just do ten minutes, like an icebreaker with your team. Yeah. And and it's it's we worked hard on it. It's our whole team worked hard on it. It's a fun. It's a genuinely really fun, really simple game to play. Um, holy crap! I did not. I didn't expect to sell fifty of them in the first hour. Like holy snikes! We're gonna to get another 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 long slow boat from china to bring some more um <laughs> holy cripes i'm i'm excited to see the picture start to come in i love seeing you know our our uh our friend caitlin DeWilds has the vets against insanity and i love yeah. seeing pictures of teams playing it and that's always so fun and so i've been waiting just for that moment to see like something that that we made that's that's fun for teams yeah. that really like i love playing Best against insanity with my team and so i can't wait to see i was a pre-sale i <laughs> my my team will have it by the time this comes out so i don't feel bad i said to jamie i have to buy one for my old hospital because i just love seeing that fun quick and easy yeah and that's i mean it's summer crazies right like that's what it's about is those little moments to take some time and and get connected to each other and just and just laugh. And I think that this is going to I think everybody is going to find this just oh. as funny and just as fun. Yeah. And I love I love Vets Against Insanity. I I love Caitlin. They they do such awesome work. Um having my own Vets Against Insanity card is honestly the highlight of my resume. Um <laughs> the fact that there's a Dr. Andy Rourke card in Vets Against Insanity makes me so happy. <laughs> So happy. Um, but we have we've got a great question this week that kind of falls in line with because everybody's like, okay, guys, when are you gonna actually talk about the episode? Um, this but this I promise this chatter has something to do with it. So we were talking about summertime, and um, there's been a lot of conversation in the uncharted community lately about how teams have been feeling overwhelmed and just tapped out. And um, I'm seeing more and more clinics say we need a reset break like we need to just you know what can we do to you know close the clinic get the team together for a day or two days and just decompress before we reset ourselves for work because i think a lot of the practices are realizing that we're everybody's struggling right now like most of us are reintegrating clients back into the building or thinking about it if we haven't already um some of our our colleagues have been open for for weeks now and our are dealing with the summer crazies with having lots of people in the building and what does that look like? And so I think everybody is like, look, we have a lot of work that needs to get done. And at the same time, team is just, they're, they're fried. They're, they're yeah. done. Everybody's struggling with hiring. Everybody is short staffed in a way that I don't know that we've ever felt before in veterinary medicine. And so yeah. I think a lot of teams are starting to talk about how do I, how do I do this? How do I, how do I still meet the needs of my clients but if we don't take some time off before midsummer hits like are we even going to make it through the whole summer and so we had gotten a question that i thought was great through the mailbag because it fell in line with with that and it and it made sense with all the conversation we've been having in the community and there was a manager who sent us an email and said you know we're, we're planning a retreat for everybody on our team because we want them to get a break and we want to do some team building together. And they were saying that they have some team members who have expressed that they don't want to come if they are not going to get paid because the way that they were planning to set theirs up was to do it, uh, not to close the clinic and do it during the work week, but to do it over a weekend when the clinic is closed. And so the team was like, that's great, but you're asking us to work on the weekend and we want to get paid for it. And so they were struggling with how to logically actually approach this with the team, both from a mm-hmm. headspace perspective, but also from a practical perspective, like how do we take care of it? Do we, do we pay them? Do we not pay them? Can we require them to come? Can we not require them to come? Um, and they, and so I was doing some back and forth uh, with this manager and, and said, you know, this is a great episode because so many people have faced this and, and or yeah. are facing it right now. And so I thought it was a good one for us to talk through. Well, I, I think it's a good episode. I generally spot episodes I think are going to be good because they hit me in some emotional buttons. Mm-hmm. And this is one that mm-hmm. gets me and has gotten me in the past. Totally. And the re- the reason it gets me is because I am I'm a purpose-driven person, right? Like I look for the meaning in what we do and I look for the purpose and and um I put culture above everything else and I celebrate the team. Mm-hmm. And so when 
I imagine the team doing something that's going to bring us together or doing something that's that's supposed to bond bond us and it's something and these things are expensive you know they're expensive to put on uh, a retreat like that's mm-hmm. not nothing especially especially if you close down the clinic to kind of do it right it is easy and I'm just being really honest here is very easy for me to take it personally when people say hey are we getting paid for this yes. um or if we're not, and if we're not getting paid for it I don't want to come like yes. I'm just being really c- candid when I say, ouch, um, ouch, ouch, ouch. And, um, yeah, again, like I, it can feel, re- it can feel disrespectful when you're like, I am working so hard to plan it, to plan this. And I am, uh, you know, investing time. It's like when you go on vacation with your family and your kids are like, I don't want to come here. I don't want to be here. And you're like, I'm going <laughs> to throttle you because I took time off work for this and I planned this and I bought your plane ticket. You know what I mean? And I'm paying for, you know, for, for, do you know how much a trip to Disney World costs? And you are like, I want to be at home with my friends. We were going to the shopping mall. Um, I'm like, oh, I was, is <laughs> It's, it's that it's not to not to liken the staff to my kids, but but like that just that amount of like I plan this, I invested in this, I want this so much, I want this to be a great thing, and the yeah. fact that someone would be like this isn't what I want to do with my weekend, um, right. God, that's so reasonable. But man, it feels really awful, uh, just to me. Well, and I think that's where we have to start with headspace with this one because yeah. I I know that you're not alone, and as a as a practice owner, I think it's really, really easy to take it personally. And that's where the headspace has to start, which is we can't take it personally because their response is not about you. And it's not even about what you're trying to do for them. Um, But it is one of those things where, especially as the owner who you're putting your own money into this, Mm -hmm. whether you have help paying for the thing or not, you are putting money and time and emotionally energy energy into it. And you are thinking, I am investing in this team. I am investing in, you know, getting everybody together. It almost, I, I have asked myself the question, isn't that good enough? Like, yeah. do, do you, you know, like I'm, I'm spending, you know, thousands of dollars putting on this event, isn't that good enough? And so I think where the conversation has to start is for the leaders, whether you're a practice manager who's who's dealing with this or you're a practice owner, is it has to start with, you can't take it personally. Yes, you cannot. Because it's really, really easy to take it personally. And if you do take it personally, it's really easy to respond in a way that is going to resolve or going to uh, end up with hurty feelings on one side or the other. Oh, uh, yeah, ab- absolutely. This is uh, this is a big headspace battle mm-hmm. for me, which is which yep. is why I'm like, Let's, we need to talk about this um, because I am very empathetic when people get mad. And, and I'm very and I'm very understanding when people say we're not really going to pay these people to go to, you know, um, a high ropes course that costs, you know, $55 a person for mm-hmm. an hour. I, I have no, no idea what the thing is, but you know what I mean? Like, right. uh, and I'm just, I'm just making that we're not really going to pay these people to not be at the clinic, uh, you know, or have our clinic shut down during normal hours. So we're not making money and right. we're paying money and blah, blah, blah. I, I get it. I, I understand the sentiment and I, I, I have, I have absolutely felt that way. Well, we, we got to get out of that headspace because um, that's not, yeah, that that's, I understand that feeling. It's not a reasonable way to feel and to put it on our teams. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so before we make any of these plans, before we really get into this, we really have to flex our empathy muscles and we really have to try to get out of our own personal experience of what we're trying to do and look at the big picture. And, and the earlier we do it, the better. Because yes. what happens, I, I see that really sets people off and gets them in a bad headspace is they start running the numbers and thinking about what this is going to cost. And they don't think about paying the staff to attend the thing that you're planning. And then someone brings it up later on. And suddenly the whole budget you had is just shot because now you're paying 20 people to be there and that you hadn't counted on. And they're not wrong. Um, But that sort of shock to the system can really send people off the rails. And so the best thing we can do is have a kind conversation right now, which is what we're trying to do. And it's to say, Hey, you need to you need to plan on this expense and or or, or 
recognize that it's a requirement and and rethink what you're doing to accommodate it. Yes, I I think that is totally true. And on the flip side of the headspace conversation is for the still speaking to our leaders is that, look, just like you could have, I could totally hallucinate and understand why someone would have the the response of what you want me to pay you want me to pay you I'm spending thousands of dollars I can understand feeling upset about that likewise on the flip side of the coin is that the team is entitled to feel whatever emotion they're feeling about the fact that when you come to them and you say hey guys we're going to do this and we're going to you know the clinic is closed on the weekend so we picked this weekend like let's do it they are going to feel whatever emotions they're going to feel. And as the leader, you the headspace work you have to do is to separate yourself from that emotion because their response and the meaning that they're attaching to it has nothing to actually do with you. And that's a really hard, tricky thing because most of us look at it and say, well, I how how could, you know, how could you think? think that way, like, don't you want to do something for the betterment of the hospital? And it's really easy to come at it from a almost hostile place as a, as an owner, having been there and been in those shoes. It's like, what do you mean you want me to pay you? Like, I really, yeah. and I, like, I give everything for this hospital and I bleed and die. And, and the reality is, is that it's not your employees jobs to, to, yeah. to feel that way and to have that same response. And so recognizing that they're going to feel whatever emotion they're going to feel and they have to do some work on it as well. And so you can save yourself more of the headache if you do some of the hard self-talk ahead of time and really think about how you might respond if a member of your team came to you and said, we're going to get paid for this, right? Yeah. And, you know, it's easy to vilify that person who comes and says that. Mm-hmm. I have seen it go another way where nobody says anything. Right. And then, then, they're and, and then after it's over, they're yep. like, well, here's my time card. Yep. It, you know, and then it's really, uh, then it's really a mess. I'll tell you, I'll tell you an experience from my own life that I think about, and I, I'm not, I don't know that I did the right thing. I, if, I would do it differently today if I could. Um, when I was a young doctor, I was doing some consulting work for um, a, a company or industry that, that most people would know. Um, and they were, they were wonderful. And I was working with them uh, and I was at a conference and they had rented a skybox uh, for a rock concert. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it was a rock concert. It was a well-known band. Um, you know, it, it was, it was, it, it was, uh, generally people would say, wow, it was a really fun event. I was told, they were like, all right, we have this skybox. Our clients are going to be there. You know, other people you're going to be working with are going to be there. We plan, uh, when you finish this meeting, <laughs> then you're going to head over there and you're going to be there. And I said, fine, I will be there. And so I spent the whole day at the conference uh, and I was doing work there. And then it was time to go to this event and I went to this concert and uh, I was there for four or five hours um, and I was there and I was talking to the clients of the company and I was talking mm-hmm. to the employees and we were talking about what we were doing and where we were going and people's objectives and all of these straight up business things that that we were doing. Right. And when the event was over, I sent them a bill and said, this isn't here are my hours. And they said, whoa, you charged us for the rock concert? And I said, yeah, I was working the whole time. Right. And looking back, I wish that I had, and I I think it'd be a really hard conversation, but I wish that I had said something before that point and said, hey, if you want me to go from this conference where I'm working to over here and to to engage with these clients, you know, we need to talk about what that means. Or to to be like, what is your expectation, uh, you know, of of what's going to happen here? But I wish that I had a more robust conversation because I I could tell that they were surprised that that's how it went. And I feel guilty about that just because I don't like people to be surprised. Mm -hmm. At the same time, that's not what I would have done with my evening. And, you know, and I was there doing work stuff. And Mm -hmm. so, again, I put myself out in a little, a little, hesitant telling the story just because I don't want people to be like, how ungrateful is that guy? I I don't know. Maybe I didn't do the right thing, but that's, that is kind of how I felt at the time. And so I do, it's funny, I've been on both sides. I am the person who wants to beat the drum for team building and to get together and to do these great things. And at the same time, I've been the person who's had their sort of free time uh, dictated to them, uh, you know, and, um, and then been made to feel bad a little bit when I, when, uh, when I said, okay, well, here's my invoice. Well, I don't think that either 
I don't think that you were wrong and I don't think they were wrong to feel what I assume is taken aback when they got the invoice, right? Because it's about not having had conversations and not having clear expectations. And it's the same with our team. And the, the example that I can think of is, is one that I have, have experienced as a manager more than one time. Um, and it happened a lot in my early career as a manager until I learned how to clearly communicate and set the boundaries way in advance. Um, but where I see it come up a lot is, um, our local veterinary association started putting on an annual conference Mm -hmm. and um, they did it at a really nice location and there was CE and they did a really great job always of feeding everybody. And, um, you know, the conversation with the team was, well, and and it was always, "Well, we'll pay for the CE as the clinic. And I remember the very first year that, that we did it, um, I said, we'll, we'll pay for everybody to go who wants to go. I did a sign of sheet, signed everybody up. Didn't, didn't even occur to me to think about it. And your scenario, Andy, where you said somebody turns in your time card, that's exactly what happened. We, mm-hmm. you know, we, we got back and I was doing, doing payroll and I had time cards with notes on it that said, you know, in the 10 hours or 12 hours or whatever for the CE on Saturday. And I went, wait, 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 <laughs> I was just like, we we paid for you guys to be there and the time frame included all of the breaks and lunch and travel time and i was like it seems like a, a lot you know because mm-hmm. we we paid for it and and i know that i'm not alone in going through that scenario and for the team member who put in their time card they were just like look this is the time i spent on my saturday yeah i should get paid for it right and and the resulting upset on both sides came from the fact that there was never any conversation. There was no thought put into what does this actually look like? And unfortunately for myself, um, as I was growing and learning as a manager, like I made that mistake more than one time and, and, and dealt with it with multiple employees and in hospitals, because every practice owner kind of has their own setup and their own response to how they handle it. And ultimately what I found was for me creating the boundaries um, really only came after I said, okay, like, let's stop running into the same brick wall, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Like, let's, let's figure out what is the lesson here? How do I learn about this? And, and so that was kind of the conversation that I had with the manager who sent us this, this email, as I said, okay, where, you know, where, where, what state are you in? What are the rules that are in place? And kind of think about how, how do I, set myself up for success with a framework conversation before I have to have that team member ask the question, right? Because it will come up, whether it comes Mm -hmm. up because you want to do a retreat or it comes up one day when somebody goes to a lunch and learn offsite or a dinner, a CE dinner or something. I promise as a manager at some point, if you haven't already come across this, it will come up um, because it's something that we don't think about, I think, a lot of the time. Yeah. So Headspace is... Uh, not taking this personally, mm-hmm. recognizing how the other side feels. Uh, I think the the rule for me that has been helpful is if I'm asking my employees to do something and I don't feel like it um, is not an okay response, then mm-hmm. I need to be paying mm-hmm. them. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. If they if they can't decline because they want to do something else with their day, then then I am then I am acting as their employer and they need to get compensated for that. And and that's just that's just the the rule. I think everyone needs to get in their head is don't think it personally. It's not that they don't love you. It's not that they don't care about your practice or your vision or your community or your patients. It's just we all have a limited amount of free time in our lives and right now when people have been so busy that free time is as precious as it's ever been and the other thing is all of our employees they have outside commitments beyond work um if i give up my saturday then i'm dumping my kids on my wife for the day Mm single-handedly like you know what i mean like she is affected by me doing this and if she says what do you mean you're leaving for the whole day? And I say, well, I'm going to this event. And she goes, well, you're getting paid for it. And I go, no. She goes, well, then I should have been consulted in this and we should have discussed 
what was possible right. for our family and what was convenient and what our expectations for the weekend were. And she's not wrong. Yeah. And I think I think you hit the nail on the head for me, which is that as a as an owner or manager, it's very easy for your gut response to assign meeting. So we get we get offended or we get um, the emotion that we often feel is offended, I think. And then the meaning that we assign to that in our caveman lizard brains is they don't care. Yes. And and the reality, <laughs> the reality is that's the furthest thing from the truth. But it's really hard for our brains to process that because we feel like someone saying that they don't want to do a work event on their own time and not get paid for it, we assign meaning to that of they don't care. They don't care about the hospital. They don't care about their team. They don't care about what we're trying to do to make it better. And it's wrong. And But it's really hard for the rational brain to click on because you're living in the emotional brain when you have that response. And so being able to kind of work through that and, and be able to filter it through the lens of what what you said about look they are people they have they have lives and just because someone even if they don't have a conflict even if i have nothing planned but sitting on my couch watching netflix mm-hmm. that saturday it's not wrong for me to feel like i've been here 40 hours this week yeah do i really have to go, go and do a team thing and it's not i'm not saying that with the intention of hurting your feelings as the owner or um or saying that I don't care about the team. I care very much about the team. But for a lot of our team right now, how they how they show that they care for each other is taking care of themselves. And so it's not selfish. It's not ungrateful. It's not any of the emotions that we can, in our irrational, upset, angry self, could often look at someone and say, really like I'm doing all this for you and you are really just acting very ungrateful. It's very easy for our irrational brain to, to think that way and maybe even say it out loud. Unfortunately, I've heard, I've heard practice owners say things like that to, to team members. And it makes me really, really sad. And it's also understandable because it's really hard to fight that back. It takes a lot of self-awareness to to recognize that before the train actually crashes. Um, but but we need to do a better job of recognizing that we are trying to advocate for our teams. And as an industry, we're doing a lot of conversating and talking about the fact that we have to take care of ourselves, because if we don't yeah. take care of ourselves, there won't be any of us left to take care of our clients and our patients. And so we need to take a page out of our own book here and say, how are we going to actually approach this? Because we're giving them mixed messages if we're telling them to take care of themselves and to guard their time outside of the practice and set up boundaries so that there is self-care and a work-life balance. And then we say, oh, but I want you to attend a two-day retreat on your days off. And why would you want to be paid for that? Like, (laughs) we're totally sending them mixed messages. Oh, absolutely. And now the last point I want to make on Headspace is just to really muddy the waters (laughs) again. And the last point that I want to make is um, the team spending time together and knowing each other and feeling connected as individuals to uh-huh. each other is extremely important. Yes. I mean, absolutely. so much of what we do is about trust. Uh, yes. you, you know, so much interpersonal conflict comes from, I don't know that person. I don't know them as a person. I don't trust that person. Yes. Uh, the way you get around that is with team building It is with uh, spending time together, uh, often spending time together outside of our work roles. Mm-hmm. There is a massive benefit to these types of activities and this type of time invested into relationships that are not directly work related. Um, and that can't be understated. And so as we've walked through all these things of uh, we can't expect this of our employees, let me turn the tension back on by saying, and by the way, uh, this is extremely important that it happens in some way, shape or form. I am so glad that you brought that up because I actually don't think that that muddies the waters. I think that sets us up perfectly to talk about the practical. How do we tackle that? Do we want to take a quick break before we dive into that? Let's do it. Okay. 
Hey everybody, I just want to jump in real quick and let you know about some exciting stuff that is coming up in the near future. On August 18th, I will be teaching a virtual live workshop. It is called 12 Steps to Critical Conversations. I'm going to walk you through the program, the process that I use and teach for having hard conversations. If you are someone who has hard conversations coming up, if you are talking to employees or clients or anybody about hard things and your palms sweat and your feet get cold and any you sweat a little bit, you lose a little bit of sleep because you have this this tough uh, this tough interaction coming up I can help you and I'd love to we're gonna walk through the 12 steps to set yourself up for success in hard conversations that is August 18th from 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern time 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Pacific time I put the link in the show notes that is over at uncharted you can head over to unchartedvet.com and see what we have coming up I said direct link in the show notes here Um, it is $99 to the public it is free if you're an uncharted member I would love to see you there also don't forget on demand whenever you want it my charming the angry client course is available that is uh, in the store at drandyrourke.com and uh it is broken up into a bunch of little training modules you can walk your team through the whole thing you can do bits and pieces of it i am loving now if you see on social media and you see some ads for it look at the comments and you'll see people who are like we got this and it has been great and this is what we have used it for and this is how we've used it and it just makes my heart sing so anyway that is in the store at drandyrourke.com links to both of those things as well as our team uh, card game what's on my scrubs which is super fun and it's a great icebreaker for staff meetings all that stuff down below in the description of the podcast guys let's get back into this episode all right so we are back let's go ahead and start unpacking what we're actually going to do so uh i you and i are in agreement getting our team to know each other is important getting them to feel connected and to build their communication skills especially in a non-work related environment it it is an investment that is worth making in our team. It is really, really important. At the same time, we are also in agreement that it's not okay to require them to attend things without compensation. Like that's just not how, um, I don't think it's okay legally, um, yeah. but it's also, you know, it, it, and again, we should not assume toxic intent. The word that I hear thrown around a lot, which is kind of a nasty word is entitlement. Yes. Uh, people go, oh, they're so entitled. They want to get, they want to yes. do these things and have a good culture. And then they also want to get paid for us doing these fun things that I'm paying for. Uh, it's not in, it's not entitlement. It is just the reality of um, when you dictate to someone what, what their schedule is, you need to pay them. Yeah. So here's the thing. I would say the answer for me and the place to start um, <laughs> comes in the form of the word moderation. So I think as a team, you need to have a good mix of both. I think it mm-hmm. is I think it is acceptable to do team activities whether you go to the beach or you go to the zoo or go to a baseball game, whatever your team's jam is, going across the street and having margaritas after a long day. Whatever it is, there should be a good mix of activities where attendance is optional, nobody's getting paid, it is truly not work related. You're just hanging out outside of work with people who you work with. I think building that camaraderie and that team connection and getting to know each other, like that's where the personal conversations often in my experience come from. It's sitting there and, you know, doing the chit chat and really getting to know each other outside of work. It is perfectly acceptable and okay to do those things. And I think that you should do those things. Mm-hmm. And when you're doing it and you're not asking them to do any form of work and you're doing something completely unrelated to their jobs, you yep. can absolutely say this is an optional event. We're going to do it. We're going to pay for the whale watching trip or we're going to pay for the tickets to the the baseball game. Come if you want. If you don't want to come, it's totally fine. Yep. You can totally do that. You don't have to pay them. If that's all you're ever doing and you're not doing intentional things to work as a team and focus on the building. I think you're team building. I think you're missing out on a big opportunity, but there is nothing wrong with that as long as it has nothing to do with work and you're not making it required. And those are the two fundamental differences as I see a lot of practice. I see a lot of practices, whether it's the practice owner or the practice, the practice leader saying, well, we're going to get tickets to the game and we want to do it as a team building event. And so we'll pay for it. But 
you guys need to come. And that is from a legal perspective is the defining difference when we require their attendance at something yep. like that. Then that's where you are getting into the the fields of paying them. And we're going to talk about that in a little bit. But I think it is good to do those team building events. It's fun. It's who doesn't like we spend more time at work often with our coworkers sometimes than we do with our own families. Yeah. And so who doesn't like having fun and blowing off steam with the people that you are working with? If you like your job and you like your hospital and you like the people you're doing the job with, it it can be a lot of fun. And so I think having a good mix of that on your calendar um, as a hospital is a huge, huge, smart, easy, low-hanging fruit for you as a manager to pick and say, I'm going to set up a schedule ahead of time and, you know, four times a year we're going to work or twice a year or even once a year. If you're not doing anything, picking a place to start and doing something fun with the team, so, so worth it in terms of building a, a good, solid team culture. Yeah, I, I think that that actually affects the way that we set these events up as well, which is a good thing. If you know, hey, we want to do something that it's going to be voluntary, right? I don't I don't plan to pay people, which mm-hmm. means it's going to be 100% voluntary. That puts me into, a, I think, a better, healthier headspace to do something that people are going to appreciate and enjoy. Mm-hmm. I see a lot of times people, you know, we talk about the retreats and we're like, we're going to go away and be together for nine hours. Most people are not going to volunteer to give up their whole Saturday. Right to be with people from work. And so what that does is knowing that we need this to be voluntary, that presses us to do more things that are 90 minutes long. Right. We're going to be here for two hours doing this. Yeah. And and ultimately, if you make things shorter, you know, we know that they're voluntary, then people can RSVP that they're coming and uh, maybe bring their spouses, which I think is a good thing, and just come and enjoy it and then be done and enjoy the rest of your weekend. And, and I think it... it puts us in a healthier headspace. I think a lot of times in the past, we've had this idea of, um, uh, well, let me, let me lay it out like this. I don't think that we've give, given culture in practice the weight that it deserves. I don't think that we give team building the weight mm-hmm. that it deserves. Yeah. And as a result, it's an afterthought. And so yes. we're like, hey, we're just going to cram this thing in here and I'm not going to pay you guys for it because I don't think it's invaluable enough to, to pay you for yes. or it's not real work or things like that. I th- I think that that's a false message that's being put out. Mm-hmm. And so this whole idea that you either have to pay them to be there or this needs to be 100% voluntary and, and have nothing to do with work and they can't be penalized for not being there. Those are your two options. I think that that makes us, one, take team building, culture building more seriously, which is mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. But then, two, it also makes us get more strategic at what we're doing. And I think it's good to sort of protect our team from burnout because we don't tend to do eight hour, you know, uh, required things unless they have a serious benefit. Uh, And and let's be honest, you know, death by meeting is true. People go, we're doing a team building sort of thing. I don't exactly know what we're going to do. We're going to mostly hang out, but everybody needs to be there. You go, well, that's a terrible idea. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. you should either get motivated, pay people so everybody's there and run a program that's going to pay dividends, or you should make it voluntary and sort of try to attract people to come to it, knowing that some of them won't. Yeah. I mean, and and just the value in having fun together yeah. as a team is I I can't put a dollar as a as a practice manager, as an owner, you can't put a dollar amount on that. We have some teams in Uncharted who I have seen, you know, do a ski weekend and they they'll like we'll pay for the, the place to stay. And and, you know, you guys can come if you if you want that kind of connection and team bonding over things that people enjoy is invaluable i think to to building those quality relationships and it's fun we we're at work so much isn't it yeah. fun to like talk about the other things about each of us that makes us human like i want to know that that you know Andy wants to run marathons or runs marathons in his spare time. And I, you know, want to know that Josie plays in a garage band, you know, after work that I had no idea about. Like, that's the kind Mm -hmm. of stuff that you find out when you spend time together like that. And so I think I think being smart about how you're doing it and setting up some of those things to just purely enjoy each other's attention and time together and have it have nothing to, to do with work are really good. And 
I agree with you. You and I are in total alignment about how important team culture is and truly being intentional. And this is where I'm a huge advocate for if you do not have a plan, um, don't do it. Because I agree with yeah. you. Nobody wants to come and have death by meeting by say, well, we're going to hang out for eight hours. We're not super sure what we're going to do, but we'll, you know, we're going to figure it out as we go. It's a horrible, horrible idea. Yeah. Well, yeah. No, so let me, let me hit this really hard. I'm, I'm going to cluster team building with something that people wouldn't expect. I think that the way vet medicine approaches team building is the same way it approaches uh, charitable giving. And I think that we make the same mistakes in both of those things. And when I say charitable, charitable giving, I mean uh, doing services for free, um, you know, reducing our costs because we want to help certain people. Um, I, the way that we approach team building and the way we approach giving of our time and our resources to help people who maybe can't afford care, things like that, they're the same, meaning they have historically been afterthoughts. Yeah. We we just say, you know what, we're not going to pay anybody for it. Like, we don't have a system for this. We don't have a plan for this. We're just going to kind of do it. And everybody's just going to make it happen. And that's what it's going to be. And in both of those cases, that is a massive mistake. I am a huge advocate for uh, for team building. I'm a huge advocate for figuring out how to support your community and give back to it. Mm -hmm. Just to be a good person, to be a good employer, to show your employees that they're not laboring just for the almighty dollar. They're laboring because their work matters and, you know, and you want to make it meaningful. Mm -hmm. We give things away willy nilly and we do stuff for free without a plan, without any accounting for it. And we throw team building on the schedule at a time that just happens to come up. We yep. take a weekend so that we don't have to close for it. And we, you know, we demand everybody come and not pay them. Uh, and it's like both of those things are, they are irrational, flawed ways of approaching very important issues. And so for both of them, intentionality is your friend. And you need to factor that into the cost of doing business. And so a lot of us are underpriced in what we're charging. And I know uh, people, you know, have concerns about pricing pet ownership higher. Mm -hmm. But I would argue that this is just part of doing business is having a financial cushion to do training of your staff. Yes. You know, uh, to do team building that's going to translate to better patient care. And part of uh, part of the cost of doing business is absorbing uh patients that come in that can't afford services that you morally feel obligated to take care of. You know they're going to come in. They always come in. And so you should have a plan and idea of how that's going to happen, how you're going to take care of them, where that money is going to come from, and you should budget for that. And it's just, it's just about being intentional. But guys, it's time for our industry to grow up and to get more serious about these things. I never thought about it from that perspective, but that makes perfect sense to me. And it a hundred percent aligns with how I feel about how we as an industry approach teamwork and culture and training. That's, I mean, I've gone on my soapbox about training on the podcast more than once. And I, I agree a hundred percent that until we as a whole industry start to be intentional about setting aside the time and the money and the energy and the space to do training and team building, we are not going to make significant forward progress because it is always an afterthought. And yeah. when it's an afterthought, there's always some element of it that's half-assed and we're yeah. never going to win that way. You know, it's like when you eke out the win in a, in a sport, in a team sports game, but if you had just maybe had a practice that week you could have won <laughs> yeah. by a land shot you know yeah. <laughs> landslide it's that same uh it's that same concept and that's where we struggle in veterinary medicine and, and that makes perfect sense to me when you put it in that in that context because a lot of us do it and we could make probably a significantly more meaningful impact to our patients who who need care and can't afford it if we think about it and do a little bit of planning than if we just kind of wing it whenever it comes mm. up, you know, and do it on the fly. That that makes total sense to me. Yeah. So th those are my those are my big thoughts on on team building how we approach it. I guess the last thing I want to unpack a little bit with you as far as getting it done. 
when I look at the two ways to do team building, one being compensated time, mm -hmm. uh, every uh, required attendance and voluntary attendance, and people can come if they want. Um, to me, the obvious answer in this seems to be a mixture of the two. Yeah. It seems to be very intentional paid training uh, yes. or paid team building. Yes. But I, I'm going to want return on investment for that. Um, you know, I, I'm going to want people to come in and get spend time together, but also get skills and get communication tools that are going to come back to the business and they're ultimately going to help me take care of the cost of bringing these people together. That That's ideal. Mm -hmm. um, there is there is something to be said for just saying, hey, this is voluntary or this is mandatory and you're going to be paid and it's going to be fun. I, I can I can see that. I don't think that that's probably the norm as far as what we're talking about here. And then the voluntary uh, time together. I think you sprinkle that stuff in. I think it's lower cost. Um, I think it's you're going to have to do it a lot of different ways because mm -hmm. if you say we do a voluntary golf day every year, I'm never coming because I Great. don't play golf and I, I am an embarrassment to myself and the sport of golf and I'm just not going to be there. Uh, not this year, not next year, not any year. And so we, if you want me yeah. to be there, we're going to have to mix it up and do a couple of different, you know, a couple of different things and probably at different times during the week because my Sundays are accounted for with yes. family stuff that I do. Um, True story. And my Monday nights are too. But a Wednesday night thing, I could totally get down for it. And I'm sure that other people, there's no way they can do Wednesdays. So uh, having those small things and kind of bouncing them around schedule-wise to try to accommodate people, I, I think that's the mixture that we have to go with. Do you have thoughts on that? I agree 100%. And I'm just going to throw out one really hard truth bomb for practice owners. And please don't hate me, guys. But the reality is, is that most of us approach it and look at our calendars and say, I've got this weekend free on my calendar Let's make this, <laughs> let's have everybody else make this work for them. And we don't do it in with any ill intent, but the way that that message is received when it happens repeatedly to the team is that their schedules don't matter as much. And I know that that's not what we mean because we're juggling all of the things, right? And so sometimes, I, you know, I have worked uh, the last, the last few years with a, a medical director who I love so dearly, who has the most ridiculous calendar, maybe even worse than Andy Rourke's calendar, because she's a very social person. And so is her husband. And they're in committees and volunteer and do 90 million things. And so mm -hmm. trying to find time on her calendar is a nightmare. And so a lot yeah. of the times when we approached it with the team, it was like, this is literally the only weekend I have in a three week, three month span. So this is the weekend we're going to do it. And it, and it, was fine because it was what we needed to do. But if your team is consistently getting that message that you're going to only do things on Sunday mornings and you have people on your team who spending time with their family or going to church is a core value for them, that that may be the person who's never going to participate. Mm -hmm. And in your brain, it's really easy to interpret that as they don't care. They don't they don't want to be here. But but that's not what they mean at all. And so I think I think it's really important for us to, again, look at ourselves a little bit before we have this conversation and think about, are we valuing their time? Are we mixing it up? And I think that's such a smart way to do it. And, and really that's, um, I'm a big advocate for a skill that I learned actually from the dental field very early in my career in veterinary medicine. Um, I did a, a consulting group that um, was, there's two vet clinics and the rest were all dentists. And what the dental practices do um, apparently quite regularly is that they like plan their year as a practice in blocks. And so they sit down at the end of the year and look ahead to the next year as a whole team and talk about when are they doing vacations? Who's taking time off? When are they going to do team meetings and retreats and all of that kind of stuff? And they plan it out in advance. And so I love that idea for vet clinics is to sit down as a team and say, with the team that we currently have, what kind of mix would we like to do? Can we do you know, every other quarter we do a weeknight and the other quarters we do a weekend, like what mix works for you and your team. And this is about having conversations because you're never going to know and you're always going to offend someone if you don't have the conversation and involve the team. Yeah. The big things for me are uh, work far in advance. Yes. You know, especially if you're going to do a weekend, uh, don't announce that it's coming up in six weeks. Uh, <laughs> you, honestly, like go, 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 go way out, you know, yeah. Let it, if it's going to be a Saturday, let them know three, four months in advance at least. Um, the other part, too, is, is what I'd say is 
it's easy to get fired up about team building things. And I see people jump in and they're like, every week we're doing a thing. I mean, that's a mistake. Yes. Uh, Moderation. Uh, start, start, exactly. Moderation. Start, start small. Just do some, just do some little things. Uh, make, make them voluntary. Just, but just, and don't take it personally if people don't show up. Just do things that you would be happy to have uh, people there for. Um, and, and, and be happy with that and just start small. And then as you, you know, sort of do different things and, uh, and, and, show your team that culture is something you got you work on and you care about hopefully you'll you know those numbers will start to grow and participation will come up and know that they'll never be 100 percent or anywhere close to it um and that's okay but I, I see a lot of people jump in with both feet they do something two or three times a month and immediately get uh demoralized and then they quit and they do nothing totally now to to wrap it up i'm going to push andy out of the way for a hot second and talk about okay. the the legal side of it and the I'm going to put on my manager hat here and tackle it. The the question that was asked, which is if we're going to do a team building retreat and we're going to require everybody to come because we've talked about doing stuff and not making it required and doing the optional stuff. If you're going to spend the time, whether you do it on a weekend or you do it during the workday and you close what however you're going to tackle it, if you are making it a requirement for them to attend and participate, then we have to look at it from a legal perspective. So one of the questions I asked this manager was, where are you located? And the reason that I asked that is because there are actually um, a set of four uh, rules that we measure whether we have to pay people against. And those are set by the uh, federal uh, labor standards. If your state has, your state may have requirements that are supersede the federal standards because they are giving the employee more than the minimum standards that the federal level uh, sets. So you may live in a state where there are no requirements. And that was the case for this person. They were in Tennessee. Um, but there are states, California is one of them, um, <laughs> where I have worked and managed where the, the state standard comes first because the employees are getting a better deal out of the state standard than they are out of the federal standard. So but what the FSLA standard says is that when it comes to things like CE, so lectures, meetings, training programs, and team building activities, um, we have to consider it working time unless the four require the the there's four requirements that are being met. And if we can meet these four requirements, then we don't have to pay them. So number one is that the attendance is outside of the employee's regular working hours. So there are a lot of practice owners who are like, we're doing this on the weekend. I don't have to pay you. That could be true, but you have to meet that requirement and the, the three others. So it has to be attendance outside of their regular working hours. Attendance is voluntary. The meeting or the class or whatever can't, uh, is not directly related to their job and they're not doing any productive work while they're attending. And so the two really important pieces, the three really, those last three ones are, are really, really important. And they're things that practice owners tend to overlook a lot. And I'll tell you why. So one is that attendance is voluntary. And there are a lot of practices that approach it and say, yeah, attendance is totally voluntary. But how they make everybody feel is that if mm. they don't participate in this thing, they're yep. a disappointment or they are going to be left out of learning that is required, you know, everybody else is getting. And so they really should be there. If we are putting undue pressure on the team to feel like if you're telling them it's voluntary, but it's really unspoken voluntary, you have to pay them. <laughs> we can't create yeah. that. We can't create that guilt trip environment for them. Yeah. <laughs> or legally we're required oh. to pay them. And that's, and that's, that's a big one. Cause it's, yeah. it's so easy for people to be like, um, they're like, um, it, it's not, it's voluntary, but uh, if you don't come, your absence will be new. Right, exactly. <laughs> like, it's like, I hear that all the time. Go, oh, that's that's not cool. Yeah. Yeah. So that's so, exactly what it is. It's like, oh, no, it's voluntary, but we you're will. You're going to be shamed if you don't come. We're going to pay attention to who's there. <laughs> yeah. Or even if you don't say it out loud, let, let yes. me go back to yes, the emotional part, too. Mm -hmm. It is not okay to say, um, I'm going, if you don't come, I'm going to notice and I'm going to internally uh, hold on to some shred of the idea that you're not committed yes. to being here. And like, that's not okay. Yes. Uh, that, that's not, if you can't, if you can't 
get that out of your mind. You shouldn't do this because you are yes. not in a good headspace. Yeah, you need to be okay, honestly okay with people not coming. And if you're not, then you're setting yourself up for pain. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the second one about it being directly related to their job is a hard one. And it's a hard one for veterinary medicine to wrap their head around because a lot of the times we offer to pay for them to get leadership skills or skills that we, like we'll pay for a conference, but they want to attend classes that don't have anything related to their current job. Um, and it's really easy for, I've, and I've watched practice owners say, well, that's not your job. So I'm not going to pay you for that if we're tying it in any way to their current job. So if they're going to sit through six classes or six hours of meeting that have to do with their job and two hours that don't, we still have to pay them because the whole thing is related to their job. So if we're putting them into a training program where they're training up on the job, we have to really look hard and fast. And that's one where I would tell you, if you have questions, particularly as it relates to CE, have a conversation with your employment lawyer because they're going to help you be able to figure out whether you're meeting um, that uh, requirement or not. That one is a really tricky one. And I've watched practice owners fall into to that trap. And same with the fourth one, which is they're not doing productive work. And so a lot I've watched a lot of practices say, well, they're not working on the floor. They're not directly working with pets, so I don't have to pay them. And it's outside of working hours. So we're going to do a team building retreat and we're going to learn some leadership skills. And that doesn't have to do with their day-to-day -day job as a veterinary assistant. And so why should I have to pay them? Well, the answer is because <laughs> the feds have said you right. it's illegal and you have to right. pay them and so if you want to avoid getting into that legal hot water you need to look at it from that perspective because gaining the leadership skills is a part of their job and they are doing work for you that is productive even though it is not directly related to taking care of pets on the floor for you if you were to do a retreat weekend and say hey guys i'm going to rent a house at the at the beach and we're going to go whale watching and you can come and it'll be super fun. And it has nothing that has nothing to do with work. It's fun. Mm -hmm. You can absolutely say, I'm not going to pay you for that time. But if you say, hey, we're going to rent a house at the beach and we're going to go whale watching and we're going to work on team building. We're going to play games. We're going to do stuff like that. That is productive work, even if it doesn't feel productive to you as an owner. And I guess mm -hmm. the, the point for me is it's not about how it makes you feel. It's about what the law says. So um, if you're wondering, this is a great conversation to have with your employment attorney and say, hey, this is what we're thinking about doing. How should we proceed here? But those are the four FSLA standards that we have to think about when we think about paying our team. And so the conversation that I was having with this, this manager is, hey, look, if you want to do this and you want to set the, the positive intention and you want to set an example that culture matters to you and you believe in your team and you want to provide them team building opportunity, you want to provide them leadership skills, communication skills, whatever you're planning on covering during your retreat, pay them for their time and mm. say, I, this matters to me. You matter to me. I want to make the investment in you. And that's really how you have to look at it. And if you were a person, I, I like how you said it earlier, Andy, if you were sitting in this spot and you were feeling resentful about that or you have angry hurty feelings about the fact that you're going to have to pay your team for this is probably not the time for you to tackle this and you should walk away because if you if you do if you do it I have watched practice owners um do it illegally and say I'm not going to pay you and turn it into fights and that is not what you want so if you're sitting there and you're feeling on your heart that you're frustrated with the team because why would they want to pay get paid take a break and walk away and don't don't do it because that feeling is going to come out whether you want it to or not the team is going to see that and feel it at some point during the process and it can turn into a whole hot mess so i would say think about why are you doing this if you are doing it because you really do want to set that example for your team that culture matters this is one of those times where you got to put your money where your mouth is. And as you said, Andy, it's a cost of doing business and you have to plan for it. And so if you've already committed to something and you're like, well, crap, I wasn't thinking like you, your example is so great. <laughs> now I have to consider I have $10,000 worth of wages I've got to yeah. pay on top of this because um, I'm paying everybody overtime because they already worked a 40 hour week. This is where if you haven't already 
figured out how to work with some of your your vendors and your um, industry partners, help talk to them. Say, hey, I'm doing this retreat. This is what I'm doing. This is why I'm doing it. How can you guys help? You would be amazed at the support you can get. And if you can get some of the hard costs that you were planning to cover covered, it will help the the huge crushing weight of anxiety on on your shoulders about how am I going to pay payroll full of overtime on top of this? Because the bottom line is you you have to pay them. You, yeah, there's, you, can't, you can't. I mean, you could. You could make that choice, but know that you're making it intentionally <laughs> and it is illegal. <laughs> yeah, you could. You could rob mind. a bank too. I mean, technically, uh, you can do it. Uh, there are consequences. Yes, All right. exactly. Stephanie, thanks for unpacking this with me. This is a good one. Thanks for talking this one through, Andy. I hope it was helpful um, and I hope you guys have a great week. Take it easy, gang. Hey, gang. That's a wrap on another episode of the podcast. Andy and I look forward to seeing you here again next week. In the meantime, if you liked this week's episode and you haven't left us a review, we would love it if you would take a few seconds to go to wherever you pull your podcasts from and leave us a review and your feedback. It is so helpful for us to hear. And it's also the best way for us to spread the information about the podcast. And if you have a question for the mailbag, like the manager we talked to today, You can always find mailbag at unchartedvet.com forward slash mailbag, where you can send us something you'd like to see us discuss on the podcast. And you now have the ability to send us your own super secret name if you want to stay anonymous. So check it out on the website and we will talk to you guys again soon. Take care, everybody.